This is Kenny Green, the lead pastor of City Light Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith as we dive into the life-changing, life-giving Word of God. I hope you enjoy this message. some praise in this place come on if you've been covered by his grace could you give him a shout today come on church hallelujah hallelujah praise the lord let's pray heavenly father god we bow to say that we love you lord god we thank you for how your presence is sweeping through this house right now changing hearts and lives in a way like only you can God, we pray as we dive into your word, God, that you would speak to us in a supernatural way. God, that you have a way of getting your word down into the inmost parts of our being. That your word is powerful, it's active, it's alive. God, we pray that your word would do its full work. That we would leave here changed. That we would leave this place looking more like Jesus. Our prayer today is simple, that Christ, Christ would be magnified in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Let's give him some praise one more time as we're taking a seat. Hey, if you're glad you made it to the house of the Lord, could you clap your hands? Maybe shout a little bit. Hey, can we let our worship team know how much we appreciate them today? Wasn't that good? Praise the Lord. If you could just uh, take a moment, help me welcome our online campus that's watching us online. We're streaming right now. Come on, where you at, Chattanooga campus? Come on, Scenic City. Where you at? Man, so excited about what God is doing in and through our church. I'm really pumped up. I'm really excited about week three of our series entitled Church Hurt. We're talking about how to find healing. We've covered a lot over the last few weeks, far too much for me to recap today. If if you've missed any of those messages, go catch it online, citylightchurch.cc forward slash watch, and you can get all caught up on these different messages, especially the first week because it was a foundational message that, that we've really been building on. Uh, since we launched this series and we started out talking about how the church hurts people through its hypocrisy, right? And the fact of the matter is, is every one of us are a little complicit in that, right? Because every one of us has the proclivity to be a little bit hypocritical. And then last week we talked about hurt by words and, and we were challenged and reminded that the word says that the power of death and life are in the tongue and that God wants us to be known for building people up with our words instead of tearing people down with our words. And, and we were challenged last week. And, and so we've been talking about how we've been hurt and different things that have damaged us. And so what we've been challenging people to do is to look away from your hurt and fix your eyes on the healer named Jesus. Anybody been experiencing some healing in your life? Hey, anybody... Anybody thankful that Jesus is a healer, amen? That he is a healing, loving Savior. And then today we're talking about hurt by hate. How many of you know that the world that we live in is so full of hate? There's so much hate around us. There's 
so much divisiveness. There's so full of people mistreating others. And, and really to no surprise, right? I mean, I think we expect the world to be that way, right? We expect the world to be hateful and rude and, and judgmental. And, and we expect the world to not be loving and caring and compassionate. Uh, I expect the world to live that way. But, but the problem uh, is that the hate that has so filled our world today is actually creeping its way into the church. And Christians, followers of Christ who have been called to be known for their love, for their care, for their kindness, if we're not careful, we can become more known for being judgmental. Uh, We can be more known uh, for being rude and we can be more known for uh, being hateful. In fact, the church today is more known for what it is against uh, than it is known for what it is for. And we've really wasted so much time preaching and posting and, and sharing and speaking about the things that we are against in the church that we don't even have any time uh, or energy to preach the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ, which by the way, is the only message that has the power to set people free. It's the only message that has the power uh, to forgive people uh, of their sins. We're, we're so busy trying to uh, point out all the different things that are wrong in the world, and we're so busy trying to make a point that we have failed to keep the message of Jesus at the center of our teaching, preaching, and sharing. That, and that is this, that, hey, did you know that there is a man named Jesus who over 2,000 years ago left heaven, came down to this earth, lived a sinless life, was obedient to the Father in every way, even the point of death, even the death of the cross where his love for you and I was poured out when he stretched his arms wide and was crucified on a cross, showing you and me and the entire world how much he loved loves you. That's the message that we should be talking about. That's the message that we should be pointing to. But because we get away from that and we begin to get distracted uh, because we miss the main message and main thing, it it then results in people uh, coming to a church setting like this and they're looking for love. What you must understand today is that people are looking for love. People want to be loved. People want to be accepted. People don't want to feel like they are rejected. Uh, People are looking for love, and they should be able to find it inside a church. Amen? But when we get away from the message of the love of Jesus, then people come, and they're looking for love only to experience hate only to experience judgment, only to experience rejection and hurt. And if you're here today and you've ever come to a church and people didn't love you for who you were and people didn't accept you as you were and people mistreated you and people uh, were not kind to you, I want to just begin today by saying I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you experienced that. I want you to know that that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not what Jesus had in mind when he started the church. In fact, Jesus never wanted the church to be known for what it was against. Uh, Jesus never wanted the church to be the one that was going out, pointing out everybody's wrong in their life. Uh, he didn't want the church to be known for just making a point. Come on, somebody. Um, and he certainly didn't want the church to be known uh, for its hate and its judgmental attitude. He wanted the church to be known for its love. In fact, Jesus said it like this, John 13, 34, 35, a verse that we talk a lot about here at City Light Church. He said, a new command I give you, love one another. Love one another, watch this, as I 
have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, somebody shout, by this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Again, emphatically repeats it. If, if you have love for one another. By this, everyone will know that you are mine by your love for one another. And Jesus basically, another time, he, he says, hey, I want you to just get these two things. If you get these two things, you'll get everything else right. It's very simple, but he's really talking about one thing, but he gives two big commands. Basically, this is what he says, love God and then love people. Pretty simple, isn't it? Love God and then love people. In fact, Jesus went on to say, He said, I want you to know, if you love God, love people, these two big commands. He said, in fact, everything that's ever been written in all the books of the law and all the books of the prophets actually hangs and hinges on these two things, loving God and loving people. Now, can we all just agree that it's safe to say that Jesus really wants his church to be known for its love? Are we all there together today? Like he wants us to be known for our love for one another, for how we love people. So just know, if you came to a church, somebody lacked love, somebody wasn't kind to you, somebody was a jerk to you in church, because some of the meanest people are church people, come on somebody. Somebody mistreated you, somebody wasn't kind to you. Know this, Jesus wasn't a part of that. And know this, Jesus didn't co-sign on that. And Jesus did not approve that. He was 100% against it. He did not tolerate it when he walked the earth in his earthly ministry, and he doesn't tolerate it today. So the challenge for the church people today in the house and the buckle of the Bible belt is to love people like Jesus loved you. And to never forget where you came from and never forget how susceptible you are to falling into sin and never forget what God saved you out of and how he loved you when you were unlovable. Now go out and love people with the same love, radically, unconditionally, no strings attached, over the top, out of this world, love people with the love of God. And the challenge for those of you that are here that have been hurt by the church, or maybe you were mistreated by the church, I want to encourage you today, challenge you, don't blame God because of it. Certainly don't let it be the thing that causes you to walk away from Jesus Certainly don't let it be the thing that causes you to walk away from Jesus because that doesn't accurately represent the heart of Jesus. Jesus wasn't for that. And and just know this, and at City Light Church, it's part of our vision to love people. In fact, it's just right smack dab in the middle of our vision statement. We exist to see people changed by the love of Jesus and fulfill their purpose. We exist to see people come and experience the love of Jesus through his church. You are the demonstration of the love of Jesus to the people that walk through the doors of this church. In fact, the church that we saw when we envisioned City Light was a place where people would come from all walks of life, uh, from all different types of ethnic backgrounds with all different types of histories and all different types of stories and all different types of sins and all different types of struggles that, that people from every tongue, tribe, and nation would come and encounter a Savior that loves them just as they are. And here it is, almost a year to the date where we opened this church, we are seeing what we envisioned every single Sunday, every tongue, every tribe, every nation represented encountering the life-changing love of Jesus Christ. Anybody thankful that you can come to a place and encounter the life-changing love of Jesus Christ? And we, we get to see that 
Every single week, people from the north, the west, the east, the south, all different backgrounds have come and are being set free by the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you right here in this room, I've seen his love break the chains of addiction. I've seen his love break the chains of adultery. I've seen his love break the chains of pornography. I've seen his love break the chains of insecurity. Come on, if you know what I'm preaching about, can you give him some praise? I've been changed by the love of Jesus Christ. And what I've realized is this. People don't change by being judged. People change by being loved. If you don't get anything else today, I pray that you get that. People don't change by being judged. In fact, people change by being loved. pray that you get that today. Because you have to understand, we weren't just shouting the roof off the church because we've been judged. We were just shouting the roof off this church because we've been loved. Amen. We're getting excited about the love of God in church today. We're not getting excited about the judgment of God. Come on. Could you imagine our vision statement? It said, we exist to see people judged by Jesus and fulfill their purpose. How many of you know we ain't going to reach nobody with that kind of vision statement? You want to know why? It doesn't accurately represent the heart of Jesus. And that shouldn't be what is said about the church of our Savior, in fact, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save it. He didn't come to condemn it. He came to save it. He didn't come to condemn you. Without Christ, you're condemned already. He don't need to do that. It's already there. He didn't come to condemn you more. He came to save you from the condemnation that was already over you. He's a Savior. In essence, that's who he is. So if we did less judging, more loving, the church would do less hurt. And would cause a lot less damage. So a lot to talk about. But I want to I go to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at a few verses. But this is really going to be our main text. going to drive this sermon today. Matthew chapter 7. And Jesus really hits this topic of being judgmental and being hateful and looking down on others. He, he hits it head on. And, and, and watch, watch what he says here. He, he hits it head on because he knows how much danger uh, there is in being unjustly judgmental and overly judgmental. And he knew how much hurt and damage it could cause. So he, he really warns against it here. Watch what he says in verse 7. He says, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? But do not consider the plank in your own eye. He's like, let's talk about it. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye. And look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. Doesn't hold back at all, does he? He's like, let me help you. First remove the plank from your own eye. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Jesus just gets really direct here. He simply states, do not judge or you'll be judged. And the same measure you judge other people, you will be judged yourself. And what Jesus is really saying here, it's very simple. It's very fundamental to a lot of the things that Jesus taught was, hey, it's real simple. It's just do this. Go out and treat other people like you want to be treated. That's all it is. Hey, go treat people like you want to be treated. If we would treat people like we want to be treated, there wouldn't be any church hurt, would there? 
There wouldn't be any need for healing. There, it would be incredible. It'd be great, right? We'd really be helping each other if we would just treat one another the same way we want to be treated. He says, don't judge people more harshly than what you're willing to live out yourself. What he's saying is, is you're a hypocrite when you do this. You're a hypocrite when you put a higher standard on someone else than what you are actually living out in your own life. Because when you live that way, it hurts the body of Christ. So what I want to do, I want to give us, I want to give us three quick thoughts um, on this passage that I think can help us as a church do less hurting, more helping. I think it's going to help us understand what real love is. And I want to begin with this first thought, and that is this. We're just starting right at the beginning of this text. Don't be better at pointing out the sins in other people's lives than you are at acknowledging your own sin. Just don't do it. Don't be better at pointing out the sins in other people's lives than you are at acknowledging sin in your own life because that's, that's when you begin to become judgmental. That's when you begin to hurt through hate. When we look down on people, we don't accept people, maybe because they sin differently than, than we do and think that we're better than somebody else because they sin differently. It hurts that person. You're definitely not going to reach anybody living that way. You're not going to bring anybody in closer. What you're going to do is you're going to push people further away. Nobody's ever been changed by being judged. But I know a lot of people has been changed by being loved. In 12 years of full-time ministry, I've never had somebody come up to me and say, you know what, man, that church was so judgmental. Gosh, man, they judged me so hard. Like, man, God judged me so hard. Like, man, it was just the very thing that just led me to say, hey, you know what? I want to give my life to God and live for him for the rest of Nobody's ever said that. But I've heard a lot of people. I've heard a lot of stories of, man, I was addicted. Man, I was broken down. Man, I was angry. Man, I was hateful. Man, I was mad at the world. I was broke down, busted, and disgusted. And I didn't have anything good to offer anybody. And in my lowest part of my life, God revealed himself and revealed his love for me when nobody else went. Oh, man, I'll tell you. I hear a lot of stories. About people being changed because they were loved when nobody else would love them. And what we have to do today, church, we have to do more looking in the mirror and less looking out the window. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. Stop trying to fix everybody else's life when your mess is a wreck in itself. Because here's what I want to encourage you. Listen. When we come to church and we come to this altar, we're not coming to help somebody else get fixed and help somebody else get right. We're coming because we are desperate for God to move in our hearts and touch us because I've got sin in my life. I'm falling short in my life. I have a hard enough time keeping up with my shortcomings than to come alongside and help everybody else with their shortcomings. Are y'all with me today? Really, it's crazy when you think about it that we're pointing out the speck in someone else's eye. When we've got this big, massive beam in our own eye that we're pointing out all these little different things in the lives of, of other people and we can't even acknowledge our own shortcomings and as a result of living that way, we, we begin to be more judgmental. We judge people. We show judgment. We cast judgment when we should be casting grace and mercy, acceptance, and it really is, when you look at that word speck in the Greek, it literally, a lot of times you would think like sawdust or like a little tiny flake of something, but it's actually talking about a twig or a small straw of like wheat or, or also, it was also translated as a toothpick. This little thing. 
By the way, if you wonder what this, this is a toothpick. Come on, somebody. Aren't you excited about our deep preaching here at City Light Church? This is a toothpick. And what Jesus is trying to say is that, you know, don't get so tied up and pointing out people's little thing like this and pointing out the struggles of their life when you've got this big thing in your life. That's what he's saying. In fact, this right here is probably about five times smaller than the beam that, they were, that Jesus was talking about whenever he was preaching this, this message about being judgmental. He says, why in the world would you be trying to help somebody get free from this little thing when you've got this big thing stuck in your own eye? See the difference? In fact, I can't even accurately see what is going on in your life because I've got this thing stuck in my life. And what we do is, is we make other people's sin look bigger than what it really is. And we make ours appear to be smaller than what it really is. Because we're so good at pointing out other people's struggles and other people's sins while we really struggle at acknowledging our own sin before a holy God in heaven. And Jesus says, listen, you first need to deal with this thing before you ever even think about helping somebody with this thing. So before you deal with this, just shut up. Just stop. You look ridiculous. You, you literally do. Like, you just, like, oh, man, how dare you do what you're doing? Look how ridiculous I look. We're been out of shape over this little thing, and we got something over here that's really holding us back and hindering us. But because we're so tied up in this in your life, we can't deal with this in ours. So maybe you're here today and you say, well, you know what, pastor, you know, I I used to have a plank in my eye, but God took care of it. And so now God has sent me to point out everybody else's flaws and struggles. So I'm like the Jesus police now. That's not what it's saying either. What Jesus is trying to get us to understand is to never forget That you either have it right now, or you did have it in your past, but every one of us at some point had one of these stuck in our eye. And to never forget where you came from. Never forget how blind you were. Never forget how lost you were. Never forget how messed up you were. Because if I remember what God took me at, what he took out of my life, and what he set me free from, and how he delivered me, I will come to you and help you, but I will have grace, mercy, acceptance, love, compassion. Because what I realize is, is I'm no better than you. It's just that at some point, somebody came into my life and helped me get free from this. But until I get free from this, shut up. Keep coming to this altar. Keep coming to church. Keep showing up. Though the righteous fall seven times, they get back up and they get back up. And I'm going to keep on coming and I'm going to keep on worshiping. Till this thing, till I get free from it. But now... Because here's what we have to understand. Every one of us had this at some point. And some of us still have it. I don't know what your plank is. I don't know what your plank was. Maybe it was an addiction. Maybe it was pornography. Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe it was adultery. Maybe it was insecurity. Maybe it was spiritual pride. Sometimes it's not like a big 
major sin, but sometimes it's you think you're better than everybody else. And that'll put a plank in your eye. But regardless of if you have it or if you had it, we all have overcome this at some point. We all have struggled with this at some point. And praise God that you got free from it and praise God that God removed it, but I never forget where I came from. And so when I go to help my brother out and I go to help somebody out uh, that, that has something in their life that they need help removing because it's holding them back from God's best, I come to you with grace. I come to you just as messed up as you are. I don't come to you with my nose stuck up in the air acting like I'm better than you because I am just as susceptible to falling into major sin as anybody else is. And so I want to come alongside and help and love and show grace and mercy and acceptance. What we all have to realize today, and don't miss this, is that whether you have this in your eye or whether you have this in your eye, it doesn't make you better than the other person. It just makes you different. It just makes your struggle different. Because whether you have this or have this, we all need the blood of Jesus to save us from our sins. We all stand in need of the same blood. We all stand in need of the same grace. So never should I ever come to anybody acting like I'm better than somebody else. So make sure that you're not better at pointing out the sins of others while not even being able to acknowledge your own. It hurts people. It hurts the church. Second thing that we need to understand today about this passage, and ain't nobody going to like this. Let's go ahead and warn you up front. The Bible warns against us being judgmental, but it encourages us to be held accountable. I got one amen. I'm losing my amens fast. We was all clapping about the plank, amen. We was all clapping about this. We was all clapping like, hey, yeah, you know Pastor Kenny said, don't be talking to me about my little toothpick when you got that big two-by-four in your eye. Only God can judge me. Okay, Tupac Shakur, calm down. Just calm down. Because if we're not careful, that's what we will get from this message, and we will twist it and pervert it into meaning something that Jesus never intended for it to mean. He warns against us being judgmental. He encourages us towards being held accountable. And just because somebody holds you accountable doesn't mean that they were being judgmental. You say, well, I was hurt by the church because someone called out the sin in my life. And because you were held accountable, you said they were being judgmental. And they were judging. No, they weren't judging. They were being loving. They were loving you. They weren't judging you, they were loving you. Because sometimes the most loving thing you can do for someone else is offer them accountability and help them remove whatever it is that's holding them back from God's best. Sometimes we say we got hurt by the church, but we really just got challenged by the church. And when I got challenged by the church, it made me uncomfortable. So I'm going to leave that church and I'm going to go to another church that makes me feel good about living however I want to live. And because I am more consumed with my comfortability than I am my calling, I'm going to go to a church that never challenges me. 
I just want you to know, up front, if you think that City Light Church is ever going to make you feel comfortable about living in sin, you've come to the wrong church. This is not one of those little wishy-washy sit down and tickle your ears and tell you what you want to hear and make you feel good about dying and going to hell. No, we're going to preach the truth of the living word of God. Come on, we're going to preach the Bible, amen? Because it's his word that sets us free. It's his word that is the foundation of my life. And if we change this, and if we twist this, and we get away from this because we say we don't want to be judgmental, then we've lost our way. And my opinion doesn't hold you accountable. His word holds you accountable. And if it goes against his word, we're drawing a line in the sand and we're not crossing to the other side. Are you with me today? You need to thank God for the people that love you enough to pull you to the side and say, hey, I see something in your life that is ruining your life. And I want you to know I'm not better than you. I'm a mess too. And God set me free from a lot. And I still got a long ways to go. But what you are doing is destroying your life. And God wants you to be free. And I'm here for you. And I'm praying for you. And we can get free together. Thank God for the friend that confronts you when you're getting wasted on the weekend. Thank God for the friend that confronts you when you're flirting with somebody that's not your spouse. Thank God for the friend that confronts you when you're gossiping and tearing people down. Thank God for the friend that whenever you're out there operating in anger all the time, holds you accountable and says there's a better way to live your life. We hold each other accountable. We're not judgmental. But we're going to hold each other accountable. And when we hold each other accountable, guess what we do? We do it with love, y'all. Don't be going around hitting people over the head with this thing. Like, let's do it with love, amen? Let's do it with grace. Let's do it with mercy. Let's, let's do it with compassion. We're not the Jesus police. Are y'all all right? Amen. And we don't think we're better than anybody else. Because we're not. We're just one beggar telling another beggar where we found some bread. Amen? We're just pointing each other to the one that can set us free. I can't fix you. I can't change you. But I know a man who can. We just point each other to Jesus. Amen. Point each other to Christ. Because he's the one that can make you the best man of God you could ever become. He's the one that can make you the best woman of God you could ever become. The best husband. The best wife. The best mother. The best father. The best son. The best daughter. It's Jesus. Amen. Can we just give Jesus some praise? It's Jesus. Sometimes God will love you through a person that is holding you accountable. Sometimes God shows his love towards you by confronting something that's blocking your vision. Sometimes God will use someone who used to have a plank in their eye. Come and help you remove what's holding you back. He warns against being judgmental. He encourages all throughout the Proverbs. talks about correction and he talks about wisdom and the counsel of many people in your life. talks about accountability. Here's a good question you can ask someone who needs accountability. Hey, I noticed this. I could be wrong. But is this what's going on? Is this is this what is really happening? Have you been doing this? 
I have, I have. I've been struggling with that. Remind them how much God loves them. Remind them that the righteous gets back up. But also remind them that they don't have to keep doing it either. It's accountability. A good question to follow up with is this. Do you feel like what you're doing and how you're living is representing Jesus well? It's a good question to ask ourselves. It's a good evaluation. We can evaluate our lives. Because oftentimes when we're being asked that question, there's something that's not representing him. God loves us too much than to let us keep living like that. Amen? Amen. And thank God you got some people in your life that love you too much than to let you keep living like that. And so we need to focus on our own sins, acknowledge our own before we help others with theirs, understand that being held accountable isn't somebody being judgmental. And then lastly, massive thought, don't miss this, don't judge people outside the church or coming into the church for not living like people that are a part of the church. Stop judging people, looking down on people that are outside the church and coming into the church and expecting to live like people that are a part of the church. Stop expecting non-Christians to look and live like Christians. Oh, well, pastor, I can't believe so-and-so's coming to church. I know they're not Christian. I, I know what they're doing. I know how they're living. They shouldn't be coming to church when they're living like that. Who told you that? Who told you that? Is that how Jesus did ministry? Is that how Jesus lived his life? No, he would go after the people. He would pursue those people. People were drawn to Jesus that lived that way. Are they drawn to you? Or when they see you, they tuck it behind their back because they know they're going to get a 10-minute sermon from you. Or when they see you, they're like, oh, oh, don't want to run into them. I'm going to get a 10-hour lecture today. And you're trying to fix somebody when you've not been called to fix them. You've been called to love them. Just love them. Don't judge them. Just love them. Because nobody's ever been changed by being judged. I know a lot of people that have been changed by being loved. I know they're going out there to the bars every weekend. I know. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, good. I'm glad that they feel welcomed enough and loved enough to come to City Light Church. I'm glad. I'm glad. Good for City Light. Come on. That's good. I'm glad. The church has to be a place that is safe and welcoming and loving and accepting where people from all walks of life all different types, no matter what they believe, no matter how they vote, no matter how they dress, no matter how they smell, no matter what type of things they got going on in their life, where they can come and be greeted in the parking lot and loved, and be greeted and welcomed and loved at the door, and be greeted and welcomed when they take a seat, and they don't feel like they're being whispered about when they walk through the aisles of the church. 
but where they feel loved and accepted. They love me anyways. We say this all the time. Hey, just come as you are. And then people come as they are and everybody gets bent out of shape. Because it sounds good when we say it. But it doesn't feel good when it's happening. Oh, I'm leaving that church. Too many, too many lost people coming. Looks like a club when I go into that church. Why is it so dark? Well, hey, the light can only shine in the dark. Amen? Amen. Are y'all with me? Light stands out in the dark. I'm passionate about this. You know what I wanted to do whenever I, God called me to start a church? God helped us to be a church that I would have loved to attend and I would have felt welcomed at before I even knew Christ. So I walked into some churches throughout the years and as a child and didn't feel very welcome because of what my last name was, because of who my father was, because of what my reputation was. So I was really committed. And by the way, I gave my life to Christ in a jail cell. June 11, 2005. In jail. Was called to preach while I was in jail. First church plant I was ever a part of was an inside jail ministry. Wasn't like we was going in visiting for an hour and leaving. I, I stayed there. We had a preacher that would come once a week, but he'd come for an hour and he'd leave and go home. I stayed. I said, God, if you ever give me the privilege and the honor of pastoring a church, let me pastor a church that is like the first church I pastored in this jail where people feel welcome and loved no matter what's going on, no matter where they're coming from, no matter what their struggle is. And I feel like City Light Church is that church today. I feel like it is. Saw a story from my brother the other day. He just gave his life to Christ about four weeks ago. Gave his life to Christ. My man Michael right here. Now, I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble, but I saw something on his Facebook, and he was at a meeting at another church, and some church people was leaving and noticed his tattoos and began to look down on him because of his tattoos. One even said, you know, tattoos make you closer to the Antichrist. Some man just gave his life to Christ four weeks ago. Hey, man. Come on and give God some praise for that. It don't matter what your past is like. It don't matter what you look like. It don't matter what I'm coming out of. I got the blood of Jesus on me. I've been marked by Christ. I've been marked by his love. I've been covered in his grace. I've been changed. That's the stuff I'm talking about. That's that judgmental spirit that makes people not want anything to do with the church. We just got to get radically committed. We're going to love people, and you can come just as you are. Come as you are. Come as you were. Come as I want you to be. 
Hashtag Kurt Cobain. Rest in peace, Nirvana. Y'all didn't know. If he ever said anything remotely biblical. He got that right. Come just as you are. Maybe the church can learn a lesson from him. Because this is what we've done. Oh, well, they don't want to come to church because they're sinners. And they don't want to come to church because of what they're involved in. And we put the blame on them. Why don't we create a place where they want to come and want to be a part of and not compromise the word of God? Hey, isn't it crazy? You can have a church that preaches the word of God and still love people that are far from God and do it all. Well, if we do that, we're going to compromise the word. Let me ask you that. Have we done that one time since you've been coming here? We're not going to compromise the word of God, but we're going to love people where they are. Because if we can get them here and get them under the love of Jesus, and they encounter the love of Jesus that accepts them just as they are, they're going to leave different than they came. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. So if you're here today and you've been to a church before, maybe you didn't feel like you were loved. Maybe you felt like you were kind of rejected and ostracized and and thrown to the side. I I want to say that I am. I'm sorry, but that is not the heart of Jesus. Jesus loves you just as you are. And we love you just as you are. But we could never love you as much as God loves you. Oh, man, he loves you with a love that's just outside of this world. It's, it's a love that's just so amazing. It's, just, it's a really, it's hard to describe with human vernacular. It's just hard to describe with human understanding how much God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, his only begotten son, sent him down to this earth to be crucified so you could be saved so you could be redeemed, so you could have everlasting life. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks for those of you that give generously to City Light Church. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to begin partnering with us financially, you can click the link to give now in the description, or you can go to citylightchurch.cc forward slash give. And if God is using this podcast in your life, you can subscribe today. You can click the share button and help us get the word out to the world. Thank you for listening and God bless.